0: Hello, I'm Adiola Adif Rastin and welcome to yet another episode of CP Speaks. Today, I want to focus on solutions. I want to talk about what it's like to walk out your faith. What is it to walk out your faith? Because I feel so often we spend talking about the importance of faith, the essence of faith. And we all know that it's incredibly important. But the reality of it is the struggle we have is how do I continue in my faith when the situation seems to be getting too hard for me to handle? So what is it like and what do we got to do to be able to walk out our faith? When I was starting to ponder on this, the first scripture that came to mind was Philippians 2, verse 12, which says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. And then it goes on in verse 13 to say, but it is God who works in you to will and to do. And those verses to me seem to contradict themselves. How is it me working out my salvation when it's God who works in me to will and to do? Those two things seem to contradict themselves. What God has been teaching me through spending time looking through that is that yes it is god who gives you and puts in you and births in you that desire but you have to work out your own salvation in that you have to say i i desire to step into what it is that you can do you have all authority and all power but the bible says that he gave us free will and so we have the capacity to choose and the reality of it is that is what working out your faith is walking out your faith is making the choice that seems uneasy sometimes it is consistently making that choice to do the will of God to do what God said when your situation seems to contradict it so much and my study person of the day my biblical character of the day is Joshua the entirety of the book of Joshua is focused on the idea of walking out your faith that is What Joshua did, and it's what Joshua um, stands for so much, is what it is to actually walk out your faith, what it is to actually walk in what God has called you to do, what it is to do and to not cease in it, and what it is to have that kind of God vision, because one thing that I said when we spoke about it last week was you cannot have faith without vision, you cannot hope for a thing that you cannot see, you cannot hope for a thing you cannot imagine. So before we even go into the book of Joshua, one of the first things to do is to consider what happened in Numbers 13 when Moses sends 12 spies to go and check out the land of Canaan. He sends them out and so they all go and they go and look at this promised land that God has promised them and they see that what God said is true that it's a land flowing with milk and honey. They see that it is full of capacity and awesomeness, and that if they were to be in that land, it would be a great place to be. But then the other thing that they see and they witness is they start to see the people in the land, the giants in the land, and that starts to manipulate the thinking of ten of the spies. So when it's time for them to have a look at the and bring their report back, The first thing that they notice, the first thing that they want to talk about, the first thing that they want to acknowledge is not the quality of the land, but in actual opposite, it is the quality of the opposition. So it says in Numbers 13, verse 33, there we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak came from the giants and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight and so we were in their sight so ten of the spies perception and the way that they see things is not even so much to say that they were like grasshoppers in the eyes on the sights of the canaanites what they saw was that they were like grasshoppers in their own eyes they saw themselves as small their vision was not one that we could even stand to move in faith based on because their vision completely enamored them their vision was the perception by which they were too small to even have the capacity to take on this battle. They did not have the spiritual or the godly insight to see what it is that God could do with them. Whereas on the other hand, if you look in Numbers 14 from verse seven, it says, and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, now this is um, Joshua and Caleb, The land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. You see, they went there and yes, they acknowledged the presence of giants, but they knew that their God was bigger than the giant. Therefore, they were not looking from what they saw. They saw the land, but then they saw the power of God, and they said, if God delights, if God chooses, because they had a memory of the things God had done before, that the reason they were even there today was because God parted the Red Sea for them to be able to come into this wilderness period, because God had provided for them, God had kept them, God had been their keeper and their helper. He had been their way maker. He had been the one who brought them salvation out of the land of the Egyptians. And so Caleb and Joshua's perception was based on the word of God and the promise of God because the promise of God is yes and amen. And the first thing that they had to remember and acknowledge was that if my God wants us to have this land, there is no way that he will not give it to us. And so their perception gave them something by which to have faith to stand on. And another thing that your faith does is you can't walk into the promised land that you are not worthy to faith your way into and so what happens is the 10 spies who decided to speak out of doubt and to condemn themselves and who did not have the foresight or the heavenly insight to have hope could not enter the promised land you cannot enter the promised land hinged on somebody else's faith if you're not about to have any for yourself so what happened is God had spoken and said and said over them that they will not enter into the land. That none from that generation who did not believe anyone above the age of 20 other than Caleb and Joseph and Joshua sorry, will not enter into the promised land. So they didn't get to come into the promised land because they didn't have faith to carry them into the promised land. And so one thing based on walking your faith is simply having the vision of faith. And so the first thing you have to remember is to continue to hold on to what it is that God has said and spoken over you and what it is that he said he will do you have to be able to have the spiritual insight, to have the vision and to consistently look on God to hold on to that vision because situations will come that will contradict the vision, that is not an unlikely situation it is the constant truth that you will have to face testing you will have to face battles you'll have to face things that come against the word and you have to therefore have the solidity and the firmness and the capacity to stand on top of the word and the reason Joshua is so important when it comes to this capacity and importance of holding on to faith and walking in faith and realizing the importance and persistence of faith is this a sub of faith is this is something that Joshua had had drummed into his head consistently by God God consistently was reminding him we talk about it in Joshua 1 but before Joshua 1 in the book of Deuteronomy in the book of numbers before before Moses passed there were multiple occasions when Moses had had the vision in which God was birthing for Joshua and he consistently was telling Joshua the importance of being bold and courageous be strong and courageous be strong and courageous be strong and courageous it wasn't the first time that Joshua was hearing it when it came up in Joshua 1 when the Lord came and told it to him personally Joshua had already had the vision had already had the word spoken to him because God was saying there is a necessity for you to continue to stand on my word situations will come that will contradict it but because you have decided to have faith in me because you decided to say that if the lord pleases if it delights the lord then he will surely give us the land then i will do that which i said i will do through you and with you because you have decided to have faith but i want you to know that you are going to need to stand it is going to take a journey and you are going to need to stand And so working out and walking out your faith is not a lack of doubt. There's going to be times where in faith you're not sure how it's going to happen or how it's going to manifest itself. That, in fact, is a necessity of faith. Faith cannot be something that is assured to you because the moment it is assured, it is not something that you can work out in faith. It is just simply a fact. In the book of Hebrews 11, it goes on to talk quite openly about that. And the very definition of faith is that it is the substance of things hoped for so you have to realize that it's something that is right now um, in terms of the earth realm or space that we exist in is simply a dream it is simply a facet by which we are hoping and we are imagining it is not a thing that we are yet to see and the reality of it is if you do not see a thing you cannot know it for sure yet we are living out our faith our work our walk completely by faith now i want to read the beginning of hebrews 11 because i want to i want you to To see that i'm not making the word up right hebrews 11 verse 1 says now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen and so faith is a thing that has you believing something or giving you proof to something that you haven't yet actually got proof to and then it goes for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Now in verse three it says, "By faith we understand that the worlds were f- the worlds were formed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible." So the very substance of our existence. And the very substance of our belief in God is entirely on faith. We believe through faith because we cannot go back and wind back the hands of time and see it happening and manifesting itself. That when God spoke the world, the world came into existence. And so we need to be assured and acknowledge the fact that anything that has anything to do with faith is when you are believing a thing you are yet to see. The moment it becomes past tense, it is no longer faith, it is a proof. It is an evidence by which you can have future faith, but it is no longer faith because you've seen the manifestation of it. It is only faith when we are yet to see it. And that's what people find so hard about the struggle of understanding what it is to be able to walk in faith is how do i walk in this thing that i'm yet to have proof of or evidence of when things are situated when situations are contradicting it how do i continue to stand in the word of god so i'm going to read the first nine verses of joshua and then we're going to just break it down after the death of moses the servants of the lord It came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses." From the wilderness to the lebanon as far as the great river the river euphrates all the land of the hittites and to the great sea towards the going down of the sun shall be your territory no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life so as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and of good courage for to, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them, only to be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid. Nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, when I read this and I wanted to take some time to study and go into it and understand exactly what God was saying, God never wastes a word. So, between verses 6 to verses 9 of Joshua 1, for God to have repeated, with his own words we repeated to Joshua be strong and of good courage three times in four verses there is some incremental level of importance to being strong and being courageous and that is God talking to him and saying this thing that we talk being strong and courageous the thing is that we have taken human words and we have started to put definitions on them that are about the definition of what it is a man should look like, he should be bold, he should be courageous, he should have chests up, he should always be moving with a level of conviction of who he is. And that is true. But when he talks about be strong and be courageous, really what God is saying to Joshua is continue to have faith. Continue to stand on the word that I have given you. Do not ever retreat, do not ever let your situation contradict my word. enough for you to stop standing on it be strong and courageous means continue to walk out in faith it is so important and elemental that he is able to walk out in faith and so God is saying don't compromise yourself Don't compromise yourself because I need you to be able to stand on my word. And then God is telling him the way by which to do it. You see, the thing is that we spend so much time thinking it's just about understanding the general vision and having this and I'm being strong and I'm being courageous based on a general vision. God was very detailed when he said, Observe, make sure that you observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. He was saying and highlighting the way you're going to walk by me and the way you show your faith in me is obedience obedience to my word there's no we spend so much time taking certain of these verses in isolation um do not let this book of law depart from your lips or meditate on it day and night but we don't take it in context to the fact that the verses preceding and um, right after it both before and after it are saying be bold and courageous you see the bible is saying and god is saying that the importance in you and the way that you stand on my word the way that you stand in faith in me is that you obey my words you obey the things i've told you you hold the book of law in your mouth you make sure that it's everything that becomes your thinking and your mannerism and your lifestyle the way that you are diligent and the way you walk in faith is by obedience to me We think obedience to God in terms of faith is, God gave me a vision of being and walking in a certain kind of way, and so therefore, everything that I do has to be based on just walking in that certain kind of way. It is all about the entirety of the book of law. If you're going to be walking in faith to God, you've got to be walking in faith to every single thing that he's ever said, even when it seems like it's something that's not related to the thing that you want to do today, or the thing that you want to come to pass, or has to do with the vision. Because if Joshua was not obedient to God when it came to all the book of the law and the commandments and everything that he would have tried to go into the promised land he'd have tried to cross the Jordan and he would have failed but the truth is and the reality of it in order to be able to even cross the river to be able to get into the promised land and do those things it's not just about being bold to cross the river it's about being bold to obey God in every other thing that he said you cannot stand on the word of God in part You cannot stand on certain words and not stand on the other words. You stand on half the word of God and you wonder why certain things aren't coming to pass. It's because God wants you standing in the fullness of who he is, in the fullness of his word, in the fullness of what he has told you to do. There's nothing that separates itself. You cannot start to prioritize areas of God and say that this is more important than that. And that's what we've started to do. We've started to do that with the laws and with the commandments. We've started to tell you that some commandments are more important than others. And the way you treat people... You don't know be I mean? based on the commandments that we believe are more important, therefore thou shalt not kill is major, but thou shalt not lie. we think all of a sudden that well it was a little white lie and that's not too bad. the law is the law you've got to be obedient to the, every single word. One thing the Bible says and I've highlighted this already, but I'll highlight it again, is he says, "Make sure to keep all of your, of my law every single thing that I told you to do, he doesn't want you to stop. Playing about with bits and bobs of the things that God commanded, he wants to know that you will be obedient to all of his law. He says, Only be strong and courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left you see we have a problem these days where we seem to want to do things with levels of balance we don't stand firmly on the word of God and what the word of God says because now we live in a society that's got to be a bit more tolerant and a bit more open so we're not really standing by the fullness of the word when the word tells you that this is black and white the things of God are not gray and we spend too much time painting things of gray, that are black and white. God is very direct with the things that he loves and the things that he doesn't. He's very direct with the things that he's jealous of and the things that he's not. He's very direct with the things that are good and the things that are bad. We cannot afford to start playing games and making things seem like they're okay when they're not. We've got to be able to teach the uncompromised word of God because the uncompromised word of God is the only way to fully walk in faith. Obedience to all, not obedience to part. And then the little things in here that got me. And I'll tell you the very first thing that got me and kind of took me off, off balance. And it's one of the reasons why I brought up Philippians 2 verse 12 where it says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Because I was incredibly surprised in, the book of, in verse 8 where it says the book of law shall not depart from your mouth. But meditate on it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. And then here is the bit that threw me says for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success why is it that the bible says you will make your way prosperous not he will make your way prosperous that threw me and that surprised me but this brings back to what i was saying about philippians 2 the importance of the decisions you make and god giving you free will is you make your life prosperous You make your way prosperous. The word that is used and turned into the word way comes from the Hebrew word, sherek, which means path, journey, path traveled, path of life, pattern of life. And so when it says you will make your way prosperous, it is saying God's way is prosperous. God's way is prosperous. That's a fact of life. He says he is the providential God. He's the one that leads you in green pastures and along the streams of water. Because God will always lead you where there's provision. But you choose the way that you go. There are no two ways in life. There is God's way and the wrong way. And you make your life prosperous, you make your way prosperous when you choose to go the God way, which means you have chosen to stand in faith on the word of God in obedience and diligence according to what he has said and what he has spoken, according to all that is in his book of law. And according to your meditation on it and your time spent in it and your time understanding it and your time letting the Spirit lead you in it is the way in which you make your life prosperous. Where you work out your own salvation is by you deciding to step into the way of God because the way of God is clear. It is written for you in black and white on pieces of paper and in the Spirit. You see, God speaks to you and he directs you and he guides you and he will not leave you nor forsake you. The one that leaves him is you if you choose not to go his way. It's what the 10 spies did. They didn't want to see the way of God. They saw fear. They saw doubt. So God is saying, you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For your Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. And I want to break down the last two parts of that as well. Because another thing that stood out to me was when it says do not be afraid nor dismayed. And I wanted to look at why it says though chooses the words that it chooses. The word that is translated into afraid is the Hebrew word aras, which means to tremble. It means to be in to be in awe of or to be stopped with awe. And so when you are stopped with awe, what it means is that you have let your life because of your situation, because of the things around you, stop you. You have let them stop you from continuing in obedience to God and so when God is saying do not be afraid nor dismayed situations will come and situations will arise that will contradict the word I have but if you stand firm on the word and you make sure you don't let your situation stop you from moving in the direction that I'm taking you don't let the situation stop you from continuing in my word don't let the situation stop you from moving in faith the reason we have to continually walk in faith is by walking in faith we are walking along the path that will make us prosperous And so when it says, do not be afraid or dismayed, it is literally saying, do not let your situation stop you to the point at which you stop moving with me. And then the word that is translated as dismayed comes is shatath, which means do not let your situation break you. Shatath means to break, to be broken, to be broken down. And so God is saying, meditate on my word day and night. Be bold and courageous. Continue to stand on it, on all the laws and all the things I've ever told you. Don't let your situation stop you to the point where you stop moving with me. And also don't let your situation break you to the point where you cannot be standing in me. God is saying that I have everything you need. I provide it for you. The way to walk in me is to sit in my word. The way to walk into me is to be obedient to my word. The way to walk in me is to continue to meditate on my word, to have it be the thing that is continually in front of you so you're not seeing your situation before you see me in your situation. One of the greatest things that I want to highlight from the book of Numbers 13 was Joshua saying that if it pleases god he will surely give it to us a land that flows with milk and honey the situations and the problems were there but his focus was so much on the power and the authority and the goodness of god he was like but if it pleases god we'll have it and that's where your focus has to be your focus in your situation and in the hard times and the things that you're going through has continually be set on the fact that my god is bigger my God is greater, my God is more powerful, and you just decide, no matter what, I'm going to keep walking. I don't know what it looks like, things seem to be getting crazy, but I'm going to keep going, I'm going to keep walking and standing on his word. It's about perseverance and just consistency. to say, I will continually put myself in your presence, God, and know that even though my situation seems to be so horrible, it will not break me. It will not break me. And I will not let it catch me by surprise enough that I stop dead in my tracks. I'll never stop moving because that is the way in which I have chosen to go according to your way.